Welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 148. Today, we are going to talk about getting inspiration from sport for eSport, why that's important and why that's different, uh, the correct order to train skills for climbing, autopiloting, and, uh, and trying to get out of autopilot mode, and first and most importantly, how often and when to take breaks. Welcome to the Ask Weldon Show. I am Weldon. This is the show where you ask me questions, usually about esports psychology or sports psychology. I'm a sports psychology trainer, and I've worked with a number of professional teams in esport. And I'm also a League of Legends coach, so feel free to ask me information about League of Legends and League of Legends strategy. Uh, MOBAs in particular are something that I'm a huge fan of, and I'll, I think that I'm going to get back into shooters, you guys, because shooters were my first love back CS 1.6 in college. I was pretty high ranked in that game. I think I'm going to dive back into shooters. I've been playing a lot of PUBG and Fortnite recently, and uh, it's a blast. I don't know why I ever got out of uh, first-person and third-person shooters. I Actually, I don't even like third-person shooters, but I like third-person fighters. But um, I think that I'm going to get back into Counter-Strike and just playing it and spamming it until I'm high rank again. That will be fun. Okay, so... To ask questions on the show, it used to be that you would uh, you would type the hashtag AskWeldon on Twitter, which still works, or you would use the Anchor app. And I want to try something new. Uh, I have now set up on Discord a recording bot. So we don't have to use this weird podcasting app anymore that I was only using for the call-ins and wasn't actually using for the podcast or anything. Instead, I'm going to be uploading my podcast to the normal location. So this is an announcement, by the way. Announcement! Surprise! I'm going to be uploading my podcast to my my previous podcast, which I've been using for about three years. And you can find that on mindgames.gg slash, say it with me, podcast. Yes, mindgames.gg slash podcast. That's where I host the feed. And make sure you do the iTunes one. The SoundCloud one, I'm, I'm switching hosts, so I'm not going to be on SoundCloud anymore. Uh, so make sure you, you actually get the feed from iTunes or the Play Store, although I don't think the Play Store feed is up there. Oh, man, there's all these problems with it. Anyway, big announcement of something that's half-baked. Congratulations. iTunes is the one that works for sure. Make sure you click the iTunes uh, pod podcast button on that page. And you will find that the audio for the show is going up there if you want to follow it. But more importantly, back to the original announcement, which is go to my Discord, Go into the audio channel, Ask Weldon Show. Go into the Ask Weldon chat. There's instructions on how to ask a question. You basically say, bot, join. And the bot joins the channel. And then you type the name of the bot and you say leave and he leaves the channel. And while he's there, he records your question. And then you paste the question in chat. Uh, because you got to download it, right? So you go and you download the audio, you toss it in the chat, and there it is. And I'll have it for the next show. Make sure to summarize your question in text so that I know which audio goes with which question and I and I can like filter through the questions uh, ahead of time before I download the audio and listen to them because I can't play the audio directly from discord so yeah that's going to be the new method I'll come up with a little instruction manual that will play on the screen here while I'm talking and we'll show you how to do that and uh, and and that'll be cool I think and in the meanwhile those of you who are technically savvy can figure it out stop using anchor I'm gonna burn through the rest of the questions in anchor actually uh, and then I'm going to uh, then I'm going to move on to using my Discord questions from that point. So let's get into the first question on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna relaunch the title screen. All right. So the people have a visual reminder. The first question is from Chad Markle, and he asks, "How often or when are breaks necessary?" 
They seem to take them, I seem to take them every week. Oh, week and a half or two weeks. Okay, okay, I get it. I get it. How often or when are breaks necessary? I seem to take them every week and a half or two weeks, a one-day break. Is this all right? So I think that you're asking permission for me to take a break every one and a half or two weeks. Uh, you should do whatever you want. Breaks are dependent on your goals. So I don't really have enough information, unfortunately, with this question to talk about your, in particular, your breaks. But I do want to talk about the first part of your question, which is how often and when are breaks necessary? So essentially, let's let's set the context here. The context is you are an elite athlete or you're striving to be an elite athlete and you are trying to keep up motivation for training. So you're training your soccer in your backyard, you're training baseball with your friends, you're training eSport in your living room and or basement, bedroom. Obviously all basements, all bedrooms are in the basement in eSport, but um, that is the context, right? So if we're talking about playing for fun or playing with friends or blah, 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 all these other kinds of things, like it's, it's, I'm not answering to that context, right? Because you take a break when you want to take a break, when you need breaks. But in the context of sport and sport training, you need to take a break when your motivation is dropping. You have to rejuvenate your, you have to make sure you don't burn out, essentially. So the way that we take breaks in traditional sport is you train yourself to the edge of burnout, then you take a break and you, uh, you let it down a little, and then you train yourself again. You can think about it in terms of how we train muscles, too. You train your muscles, the next day you take a day off. You give them a break because you overloaded them. You overload yourself with training also, and then you basically take a break to let the training situate. And it's a lot harder to over... It's a lot harder to overload your brain with training because it's not it's not like a classical muscle where you can strain it with weight. Uh, you strain it with, like, tension and learning. Uh, and that kind of high stress environment, and then eventually it needs to take a break and and rejuvenate a little bit. And most of those breaks are nighttime sleep, and then the rest of them are when you actually take a full break. The symptoms of burnout are pretty extreme, so I think that when you once you are burned out, it's literally impossible to not take a break. Like your body will just break you, it will break, and then you will take a break. Uh, but but before that, you should just pay attention to. Um, kind of like feelings of tiredness, I guess you would say best way to sum it up as you're heading into, as you're heading into training and make sure that you feel super motivated. Uh, and if you, and if you don't, then you either need to push through it. So you should look into that, or you might be getting the signals for needing to take a break. Okay. So that, that's basically the answer to that question is you pay really close attention to your body. Now, as far as everybody else who's not training for sport, how often and when are breaks necessary, you should you should have complete control, volitional control over your playing. You shouldn't treat it like a... It shouldn't be a habit for you, and it shouldn't be an addiction for you if it's not a training effect that you're looking for. And therefore, you should take a break whenever, you know, life says to take a break, particularly if you have social or academic or work-related obligations or family ones. All right, let's jump into the first audio question, you guys. And because I have changed the way that audio questions are done, I don't have this cool overlay made up yet. So we're just going to play it right here. Oops. Hey, Weldon. My name is Jad. I have a question regarding the order in which I should develop skills. So 
For example, if I'm VOD reviewing my game or somebody else's game, do I just kind of almost randomly pick a skill that I want to work on? For example, wanting to work on CSing or wanting to work on positioning from what I realize in the VOD and then work on them for about a week? Or do you think there's a proper order in which I should learn them? Like learn early game for a month and then learn mid game for a month and then learn late game for a month? All right, that's my question, Weldon. And um, to give you some context, I'm a Plat 5 ADC main and I've been playing since season three, but only recently I've been taking the game kind of more seriously. And yeah. All right. Thanks, Weldon. All right. Great question. Thank you. Is there an order to develop skills? The answer is yes, there is a path. Um, it's partly self-instructive and also it's not known. So first of all, to develop any sort of expert or elite skill, their skills, uh, craft, to develop any sort of expert or elite craft, there is always a correct way to do it. Whether or not we humans know the correct way to do it is another question. In, in crafts that have been around for hundreds of years, for example, violin playing, piano playing, chess playing, we actually know the, the correct order to and the most efficient way and the correct drills and techniques to train the skills necessary to reach an elite level. And then the only thing left is, is person motivation. Like, is the person motivated enough to actually put in the work to then do that set of steps? And the answer is, a lot of the times, yes. You can get to a pretty high level if you, if you choose to. And so, this is a, that's what's called deliberate practice, by the way. When we have a path that we understand, we can call it deliberate practice because we can train it. Now, in League of Legends and in many other esports and pretty much every esport, there is not a path of deliberate practice that is already understood and laid out. We don't have an understanding of what the path is, but that does not mean that one does not exist. Instead, it means that, it, that just like all sports, it is partly self-instructive. So you will, no matter what skill you're training, you'll have to be learning the next necessary skill in order to level up or you will never level up. So people who plateau at specific ranges essentially the thing that they're doing is not training the next skill that they need to unlock you know the next level of their gameplay essentially and so they're they're they've lost the self-instructive power of just playing and so what i recommend for most people is that you get really good at self-analysis you get really good at breaking down everything you're doing and taking it apart and putting it back together better because then it kind of it needs to be this path of self-exploration in terms of your skill building. And the skill you're working on might not actually be the one that is actually is important to improve. So for example, one of the fundamentals of pretty much any video game, and especially MOBAs, is mouse accuracy and mouse speed on common movements. So we're talking like CSing and trading here. And uh, and so the like no matter what you're training, if you're doing, if you're saying, I'm going to train mid-game team fights, I'm going to train roaming, I'm going to train warding. Um, if you are improving on your mouse accuracy and speed on common movements like CSing, while you happen to be think, thinking that you're training mid-game, then you're actually going to be getting better, right? You're going to be like, oh, I'm going to be training my mid-game decision-making, but you're actually focusing on CSing with your new champion, and you're getting better at, at like, 
your mouse speed and your mouse accuracy, then you're actually improving the, the fundamental skill, right? So there's a lot of, uh, I would say, misalignment between what people think they're learning and what they actually need to learn and then what they are learning. And, and that is why people plateau, essentially. And by the way, I think that after mouse speed and accuracy uh, on common movements, one of the most important kind of fundamental set of skills is decision-making about actions and prediction of opponent action. So if you can predict your opponent action, it means you kind of understand the, the, the decision matrix that is associated with, with that level of player, and you also can then kind of choose your own actions. Um, and, and you're always trying to improve your decisions about every action you take, you know, whether or not you're going to stand in place for the jungle camp or whether you're going to move to take less damage and why it is and then how far you need to move. And just all of these basic, you know, fundamental skills that essentially involve decision making that first involve decision making and then become automated, essentially. You have to make a decision about them first before they can become an automatic thing. Unless you're, unless you have this, you know, this prodigy switch, and you're just kind of observing things, and you figure it out. But you usually figure it out from just playing tons and tons of mobas and understanding the principles of the game anyway. So it's not like you didn't learn this idea or concept at some point. All right, so there is a path. You should think about trying to find it and explore it. It is not well known and sussed out yet because it, because this is League of Legends. It hasn't been around for hundreds of years like Violin has. It's partly self-instructive, so your brain will just learn if you're focusing super hard. It will just learn the thing that you need to learn to actually improve. But if you think philosophically about the game, you can kind of get to the fundamentals, and you can always be improving those. And the fundamentals have to do with the human interface with the computer. So the speed and accuracy at which you move your mouse, the speed and accuracy at which you press the keys, and your decisions about when and how you press the keys, uh, essentially based on your opponent's actions. Remember, this is a human-on-human -human game. So you essentially want to understand how and why your opponents do things, and then you want to make a better decision than them. Okay, so that's about as well as I can answer that question without any more specifics. And uh, we got into the little philosophy of expertise there and the philosophy of talent development, which I base a lot of this information off of research in the talent development field. So there's a psychology, psychological field called expertise essentially and um uh Anders Ericsson is one of the main researchers in the in that field and then in sports psychology we it's actually an entire field just dedicated to the idea of elite performance and how it is that we pick up skills so there's there's neuroscientists also in sports psychology that are looking at this thing or rather I would say since sports psychology is in the sports faculty, you run into a lot of people who are in neuroscience and who are in the biology of physical activity who are looking at the same concepts of learning, and you get to pick up a lot of random stuff from that. So that's mostly where this information comes from. All right, next question is another text-based question. Uh, let's run this filter while I'm reading this. When I play solo queue, I go on autopilot. This question is from Weldon Notice Me on Twitter, and it's from December 27th, 2016, so two years ago. Ha! I'm really digging into the bottom of the bucket for these. You guys need to put in more questions. In Discord, in audio, by the way. When I play solo queue, I go on autopilot, but if I ever get matched against pros, I focus on the game. What can I do to focus every game? Okay, you can't. If you remember from the beginning of this stream, so by the way, 
you should check this show out live on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash mindgamesweldon. If you remember the beginning of the stream, you weren't, you weren't here, YouTube and Facebook, sorry. Uh, I talked about why you can't fool the brain into thinking that every game is important. And you don't want to fool the brain into thinking every game is important because you'll burn out much faster. It takes a lot of effort to have an important game. Um, so what you're, what you're getting is a training effect of an audience member, and the audience member is the pro. And I used to do this with TSM in order to fool them into, think, into training harder. We would go to the Red Bull facility, so we'd change location, right? We might wear their uniforms, and then I would have Reggie come. And then, you know, so they'd be in this new facility. They'd be wearing their uniforms. Their CEO would be watching them. They would train harder, and they would focus more. Um, and the, the, the straightforward answer is you cannot fool the brain into thinking that a game is important when it's not. Like, let me put it straightforward to you. This game is not important, and you your brain knows it because you're about to finish the game and queue up for another one, whether you win or lose, you know? And there's so there's nothing riding on this game. There's no high stakes. Uh, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to win a bunch of money if you win. You're not going to lose a bunch of money if you lose. There's nobody watching you. There's There's nothing that would say to your brain, this is an important moment in time. And so you can add those things. That's number one. So that's the that's the first answer as a way to hack this system. But I wouldn't recommend doing it all the time because then it stops being effective. Then your brain's like, haha, I figured it out. Actually, it's not important. You're just trying to trick me into thinking it is. And then it stops doing it, which happened to TSM too, by the way. So we went back from the facility. We started training at home. And then the second thing is you have to learn how to train and focus without it being important, right? And actually, that is that is something I mentioned before the stream, too. That's what this Mac program is about, actually. That's what my mindfulness, acceptance, commitment program is about. Being aware of the things that distract you, accepting that it's like it's distractible and you're not important, and then committing yourself to focus and training and learning despite that, right? So make sure that you check out the... Actually, I'll segue right into that since we have the last question coming up. So let me just talk about the program for a second. Mindgames.gg slash MAC... Use the code AskWeldon to get $5 off. This is the training program that I did with TSM and with CLG to win their championships when I was with them. And uh, that I did with G2 as well in kind of a modified format. And this is the video online video training course version. Seven weeks, seven days a week of that program. And I'm working right now on making it into an app. So if you purchase it now... You get grandfathered in, just like all the people who purchased version 1 and 2 were all grandfathered into this one, which is version 3. Uh, started making this in 2014, and likewise, if you own a copy of it now, it's a forever thing. Because I really liked those early apps in the, in the, in the iPhone app store when you would buy a copy and then they would update it and you would get the new version. Like, that was my favorite thing. I would, like, go into the app store and I'd be like, oh, there's a new version of the app, and I would download it and look at the changes and... I really like that feeling, so uh, that's what the program is like right now for all of the early adopters. Those of you who support the channel with your, uh, essentially, gift, I would say, although you get something in exchange for it as well since you're purchasing my product. But anyway, for those of you who supported the development of this and the conversion of it to an app, since I'm using the revenue from this to actually pay to have it made, uh, along with a lot of my own money, <laughs> of course... Um, you're going to get the forever, the essentially the lifetime access, right? Probably not going to always be that way because that model of pricing doesn't exist in the App Store so much anymore, but yeah. All right. Should we jump into the last question, you guys? Hey, Walden. I'm a challenger mid-player in OCE. 
Um, so I found ease in attaining and maintaining mid to low challenger and masters. However, whenever I'm based against one of the top mid players, I can only win through my team carrying me and just doing what is required of my champion. Um, so I find it very hard to outpace these few high level players. I know it's due to a current lack of skill. I always get out pressured in these sort of scenarios. Um, so my question to you is, could you throw me any references to books or resources in the context of being the absolute best in a field and obsession with not only winning, but being so good that you, like nobody else can catch you, you know, um, perhaps traditional sport examples will do me more justice because there's something a lot more viscerally appealing about pushing through physical pain rather than emotional. Thank you. All right. So... Unfortunately, I don't read a lot of sports stories. First of all, thanks for the question. Um, I don't know what your name is. In, in, in the app, it says schizo. I don't want to call you that. So uh, so I don't read a lot of books about sports stories. Uh, I, I do read a lot of books about sport, but not sports inspirational sports stories. And I don't particularly watch a lot of sports movies. Uh, I kind of burned out on football movies from when I was a kid. I don't, I don't know. They were kind of okay-ish. And overly emotional, and and so I, I haven't watched things like Rocky, you know, Cinderella Man, like these classical kind of like inspirational sports stories. I do watch sports, like I like inspiration directly from sports. Um, so I would say find an athlete that you think is inspirational, and just focus on their story and read everything you can about that person's real life. An autobiography would be a good start, um, and take inspiration from that because I think that if you, for example, say I want to learn about Jesse Owens. You go read everything you can about Jesse Owens and get really into that and watch the videos, you know, over and over again on YouTube until you know it inside and out. Or if you say Mike Tyson, for example, you read everything that you can about that, about about him, you know, you watch his fights, you get to learn everything about his life inside and out and understand the trials and tribulations and what he's gone through, um, you know, in his development as a person, then you can get these kinds of like inspirational drives from, from a 15 second YouTube clip where you you put in all of this history and story into you and you watch it and you're like, yes, I'm inspired and motivated. And then you, you know, you jump into the, the grind again. For me, it's all about Phelps because I watched him, you know, my career very much, we were the same age more or less. And so my career in swimming very much was paralleling his in terms of, you know, my age. And, uh, and so it was very inspiring to watch him develop. And then it was inspiring to watch him win. And then in Beijing, when, you know, when he was trying to accomplish this grand feat, you know, I got to go along with him in this journey, a very fundamental and formational point in my career too, since I was switching to coaching at the same time. This was in 2008 when I was determining that I wanted to be in sport instead of, instead of teaching. And uh, yeah, so, so for me, when he, you know, when he jumped into that relay and then everything basically relied on Jason Lezak, you know, he couldn't do anything else in that moment. Um, and it was Lezak who gave him and gifted him that kind of, uh, you know, the eighth medal. Uh, that that for me was the moment. And then when he had his breakdown and he realized that everything he'd been doing his whole life had more or less been on autopilot, you know, and he didn't have any motivation or justification left after London. And then he, uh, and then he had his DUI and he kind of discovered sports psychology, I would say, discovered mindfulness and, and cognitive behavioral therapy. And he kind of rediscovered how it is that you can do action through committed values. Uh, and going along with him on that journey and just watching him change in the way that he 
parlayed that into into his brand, his performance, his training, his outlook on winning and losing, and also his parenting and his relationships. It's been really, really cool to see. So I really like that kind of focus. Uh, I think that focusing on real athletes and real stories and then learning everything about them that you can, and then having that as your private little source of inspiration is, is pretty cool. Yeah. And the thing about physical pain that's important to understand is that it's possible to train esport and never tr get mentally resilient. It's possible to train esport and never get mentally tough. It's pretty hard to train traditional sport and not get mentally tough because you must withstand physical pain, massive amounts of physical pain. You must push through barriers that esport athletes can only fantasize about when you are training in esport, uh, training in traditional sport. And those barriers take willpower, whether you try it or not. So, you know, Michael Phelps was not intentionally developing mental resilience. And when he broke down mentally and went to the Sports Psychology Institute, he was only there for 90 days. But that background, that entire life of developing very siloed, specific, in-a-box form of mental toughness in the pool allowed him this massive reservoir of, of skills that he was able to immediately drag into his everyday life. Okay, and so that's the secret to sport and why it is that elite athletes often do incredibly well in their life after sport, in their professional lives, is because they take with them this set of skills that if they transfer it to other domains is very, very powerful. And that's not very true in esport, which is why you have to actually intentionally try to become more mentally resilient in esport. Um, it doesn't happen automatically because of the, this pain training, which, by the way, is what the MAC program is about. FYI, that's like my mission. Uh, so, yeah, again, I will bring that up. All right, guys, thanks for coming to the show today. I'm going to go to the gym now. And uh, remember, you can tune into this live at 4.30 a.m. in, in uh, Helsinki time when I'm streaming for you guys in North America. So if you appreciate that, if you appreciate the fact that I get up at four in the morning to stream for you in North America, please join me at twitch.tv slash mindgameswelden, and I will see you next time.